Welcome to Blue Color Love, the Starfire 59 retrospective. My name is Samuel. And my name is Aaron. And today's episode, we have a special guest on with us, um, Steve Hinalong. For you who may not know, he's been a musical <laughs> force in the music scene for decades now. Welcome, Steve. Hey, thanks for, thanks for talking to me. <laughs> Thank you, you for... Here, by the way, where are you guys? Um, I'm in I'm in Norfolk, Virginia, Norfolk, Virginia Beach, Virginia, on the coast, hugging hugging the beach. Right. Sam, <laughs> um, I'm in Daleville, Indiana, so literally the middle of nowhere. Right, um, I'm here. I'm here in Nashville, sitting on my balcony. It's wow, it's been hot and humid today. How's oh gosh, I've always been miserable in like, oh, the last couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, it's been 90s and up. Oh, I hate summer so much. I need to get north with you, Sam. I'm over this heat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's been you and I've been miserable. <laughs> Oh, well, it's kind of breezy. It's kind of breezy now. I got my shirt off, sitting on my balcony, feeling good. So you got some. You got some beverages. You got to stay hydrated, Steve. I just got a glass of water. That's all I got okay. right now. Okay, good. All right. Why don't you take care of yourself? All right. So I guess we'll go ahead and jump in. You want to restart, or you want to go, Sam? I might go ahead and start. So, okay. uh, Steve, for those maybe unfamiliar with your um, illustrious career, um, what? has been your musical projects what might people know you for well i was in this band called the choir yes for a long time my first album came out in 85 and we've done like 19 albums or something like that maybe 20 if you count all the eps but um you know we just did one this last year um so we've never quit uh, we've had a few lulls of a few years but we've pretty much been steady at it so that's the main thing i guess anyone that's that heard of me I've produced a lot of bands over the years, but, um, uh, you know, nothing real famous or anything. But um, uh, the only thing I've done that was ever, like, commercially successful was, um, wow, it's starting to rain. I might have to go inside. Um, around In 2000, I produced, um, now, we don't, we never, the choir, we didn't consider ourselves a Christian band. But we ended up in sort of in that arena or whatever. But I did produce a worship album called City on a Hill and co-wrote a song called God of Wonders that is pretty well known in churches and everything. And so that was, a lot of people know me for that. They'll say, oh, you're the guy that wrote God of Wonders. Uh, but other than that, I'm just the, the drummer in the choir. And also uh, indie band Duralux with Chris Colbert. Um, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, and another and another worship um, compilation at the foot of the cross. Which we'll right. probably talk about later, and um, yeah, oh, lost dogs too. You and lost dogs too. Come on, Steve, you can't forget well, that. Yeah, the lost, the lost dogs. That's right. <laughs> so, and all Karen right, Taylor and Mike Rowe, and yeah, yeah. So I've been, you know, I keep busy. I, I'm, I've been lucky to still be at it. I get to and, do it. And I have, I have to do it. And he produced certain bands that I'm, some of our listeners might have heard, like the Prayer Chain, which I'm sure will come up later. But mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, yeah. moving on. Well, um, the reason why we're really meeting with you is because um, you had a solo album. Oh, yeah, you got a couple solo albums um, where um, Jason Martin of Starflyer, um, 59 fame, he played on a few songs on it, the Skinny solo album from 1998. 1998. Do you remember how you met, introduced, got introduced to Jason? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, let's see. No, I don't know Jason too well, I got to say, um, because in they – 
1993, uh, we were still in Los Angeles and Starfire was just starting out and they were playing live shows, but they had not made a record yet. And I remember playing a show or two with them and Wayne, the drummer in the prayer chain, was playing drums for them for a little while. And I think they even opened for us one time. But we moved to Nashville in 93 and they made their first record in 94. So they really got when they got really got going, we were we were out of the scene. We were on the, uh, you know, 2000 miles away. So I did my solo record in whatever, 97 or whatever that was. Um, I ended up going back to L.A. for a part of it and working at the Green Room with Gene Eugene. And, and Wayne was producing my record for me. We're really good friends since I, I produced all the Prayer Chain records. Um, Wayne was like my buddy, you know. So I said, you produce my solo record. And so he was the one that's like... I could, I'm a drummer, you know, but I played a little acoustic guitar, but I don't play any electric guitar. So I'm like, we got to get some great guys to play electric and all this stuff and fuzzify it. You know, I didn't, I kind of write sort of songs that are sort of folky sounding like Neil Young or something. I'm like, come on, we got to fuzzify these songs. And, and so he brought a lot of different guys. Andy Prickett came down and I had Mark Bird from Common Children. And, and Wayne was like, I think we could get, uh, you know, Jason Martin. I'm like, well, Heck yeah, that'd be great. And then he came down. And I think that's when I actually met him for the first time. He came to the studio and it was just one day. And he played on a song called uh, My Skin is Smooth. And he played this really cool, bendy, melodic thing. Of course, that's what he does. You know, it's all beautiful melody on guitar. You know, I love his tones. And he got some great tone. And um, that was it, you know, that was it. Um, and I've run into him a couple of times associated with the prayer chain because those guys are buddies. Um, but I had not heard, um, you know, much about since then. You know, once in a while, maybe I'd hear something. My my guitar player in our band, Derry, the singer, is a big fan. But um, when Aaron uh, messaged me and wanted me to do this interview, I'm like, well, I, I really am not that familiar with Starfire. have the utmost respect. And I'm really glad he did because I've just been on a tear, like going and listening to all this stuff, you know. And I, I, mean, I texted Eric Campuzano and I texted Andy Prickett. I go, okay, what, what Starflyer do I need to hear? What's quintessential, you know? And um, well, at first I should say that a, a few months ago I was in Seattle with a friend, and he had uh, the the vinyl of Young in my my head, you know, an album from about two or three years ago. Such a he great had, album. Yeah, he had the vinyl, and I'm like, oh, let's check it out. And he had a really good stereo, uh, good turntable, and we listened to it. I just go, wow, man, this is, sounds, I loved it. It was so open, and they're like, yeah, his son plays the drums and all that. And I'm like, this is great, you know. So anyway, so um, he told me, you've got to hear um, the Fashion Focus. That's their quintessential. That's when they came, kind of like hit it. You good know? choice. Or whatever. Good choice. Right? Good choice. So I listened mm. to that really closely and it's like, wow, yeah, it's beautiful. And then Eric was like, no, you gotta hear Gold. I listened to Gold from 1995, which is going all the way back to when I produced Mercury, right? So I, I, sonically, I'm going, oh yeah, that sounds like 95, you know, kind of dark and vocals are way back, barely hear the words, but cool sounding, all mm -hmm. shoegaze, all shoegaze, you know, I'm like, wow, yeah, that's, I. And then I thought, you know, if, if whenever anyone asks me 
you know, what I want to listen to, you know, what, what should I listen to with your band? And I always say, well, listen to our newest album. I mean, go back if you want to and listen to Circle Slide or something, but, you know, which people would say is our quintessential record from 1990. But, I, but I'm always like, how about the record we just made? You know, <laughs> listen to that first. So in all fairness, I listened to Vanity. Brand, you know, the new star player. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. I mean, I love it so much. It sounds so, I mean, I love the clarity. You hear Jason's voice is so good. It's like that guy. Finally, finally, after 25 albums, he decided to do that. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's like the guy in the national, you know, like Matt Barry. I love the national, you know, and he's got that rich voice, the lyrics. I got to ask, I'm all wound up about it because I just listened to it right now, you know, again like that album right before you know and i'm like oh, i love it it's so chill you know other than the, that that uh new guitar is the only poppy tune you know the rest is just beautiful melodies and lyrics are drawing you in i gotta ask you guys a question okay so the last song hey john yeah yeah you yeah. know everything about it okay then i i remember the fashion focus had that song fall fall in love at 22. yeah and he says, John, is he talking about his dad? He is. And is that is that the same thing? Like it says, John, and then he's like, it mentions him being 42. I mean, it meant, I'm just thinking this is like the whole thing. This is his dad and the trucker business and all that. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think in um, Fell in Love of 22, he's retelling the story of his parents falling in love is what that is. And of course, he, his dad passed. I don't know if you knew that. And so since, was it Sam, help me out. 2010, I think, or something like that, with Dial M. Like, there's been the song. time Dial M came out. Okay. And then the yeah. Kind of his, really, like the next three or four albums were all like kind of in tribute to his dad. Okay. Yeah, and I there's, and there's sorry, been... I didn't know that. I didn't yeah, know, so... but I heard it. I heard it in the music. I heard the continuity. My mind went, wait, I'm going to go back mm. and, and listen. Yeah. I went back and listened to that. The 22 song, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I think these are. This is related. They are. Full circle. Yeah. And I am a CEO. Like all those last albums, they all have at least one. If you hear John in the song "Suffer Happy Birthday, John," which is a cover of a Damien Gerardo song, the rest of them are about his dad. <laughs> I love that man, and, and you know, I know Eric. I know Eric drives truck, you know, for his company, right? Eric Camposano. I did not know that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I like. Yeah. And, and while we're talking about that, Steve, I just wanted something to comment on something um, you said. Did you say that in 93 that Wayne Everett was playing drums in Starflyer? That's right, yeah. What? Definitely, definitely, definitely for some gigs, yeah. Because they, they uh, opened the <laughs> show for us. And, and Wayne was up there um, talking French. and Like he does, doing, like he does. <laughs> right. I, I recorded him doing this. It's so funny. And then and Jason Martin didn't say one word. All it was was Wayne talking French between the songs. <laughs> And that continued when he joined the band. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah, so. <laughs> okay. But those guys are all intertwined, those prayer chain guys. And, and uh, so they're, yeah, they're peers, you know. I'm yeah, a we'll older talk. Than them. I'm, I'm a little older than those guys, you know, so, you know, I had to go back. But, I, yeah, I love it. I love the Starflyer stuff because it's so, I love melody, man. I just love melody. No flashy show off the guitar. And that's what it is. It's just melody upon melody. And now that in the current records, you know, you can hear the actually hear the vocal, which is nice. The clarity, it's it just sounds great. Really. I'm not, I'm gonna it's gonna be a go-to record. This new record, probably those last two, you know, young in my young young in my head and vanity. I'm gonna be 
they're going to be like my workout album. Steve, 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 check out the Miami EP, Starfire's Miami EP, because the okay. best song he's ever written, This Recliner, is on that. It's his best song. The Miami... What? That came out between those two albums. That came out between Young in My Head and Vanity. It's the... Oh, really? It's hey, the, yeah, it. yeah, it's an EP, that's why. Okay, EP. And what's the Miami. song that's the, what's the best this, song? This Recliner. This Recliner. In my opinion. This Recliner. Yeah. Because like like you're describing it, it's like blue collar music. You know, there's sometimes not really super flashy. It's just meat potatoes music. It's about real life. It's not about nothing high, no high art concepts. It's just real life music. That and that's why we call it blue collar love. I mean, that's a song by Jason too. But I think it kind of describes what the music is. It's blue collar, right? And he's a trucker, you know. Exactly. Uh, truck, trucker business. So who's, <laughs> let me ask you something. Who plays the bass? Is he playing the bass? Different people on different albums. You have to look. He's, he he cycles through members. It's him, and then each album, it's different people. Because it's some good bass. No, the latest album has right. been um, Steve Dale for about the past ten years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that new record, the bass playing is really nice. I I think Jeff Cloud on Fashion Focus. I think he did the bass on that. I'm not. I can't. Yeah, well, I'm talking about the new album. Oh, the new stuff. Okay. Oh, okay. I thought you meant throughout. The, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that new record, I'm just noticing the bass sounds so good. Everything's so tasty. It is. So, Steve, how did you get into making music? How did that go, come about? Oh, man. When I was, like, 10 years old, like, 9 years old, I think it was, I, I lived in a valley in Encino, California. And I remember this band was playing down the street. And... um this was, I believe this was 1969, man. Um, and they were playing, there was a drummer and they had the garage. He was in the garage, like you imagine, a garage band. And I would sit on the sidewalk and just watch these guys, you know. Remember they're playing, or call me. You know, it was all the drum beat was always, like that surf beat. And one time the guy who was the drummer was 15. I thought he was a big, he was a big kid to me. And he says, come in here, little dude, come in here, little dude. I go into the garage and, and he sits me, he, he, he lets me sit down behind his drum kit and he teaches me a beat. He teaches me that beat, the surf beat. And that's it, man. I'm just like a fucking drummer. You know, I'm just like, that's it. I'm a drummer. And um, that's when it's, I just started music, you know, and, and then, when I was like 11, I learned to play a little guitar enough because I always wanted to, you know, already I'm in a band and we're wanting to write songs and um, I wanted to write the words. You know, I was a kind of a little poet kid or something, you know, and I want to play the drums, but I wanted to write the words. So I played the guitar just enough to like work, go home and work on the songs or whatever. And that's when so I started. I, I don't remember not being in a band. Um. And then all the school band stuff, marching band and concert band and jazz band and all that, all the way through school. And then um, I just ended up getting in this band, uh, the choir. It was called Youth Choir. We put out our first album in 1985. I think we, I was 25. And it just, one thing led to another. I just kept on being in that band. Um, and uh, eventually, you know, the guy in our band, Derry, singer was an engineer and so he had his own place and i was always there and so 
like one of the first things I ever produced was the prayer chain. Because I was always hanging out and they they needed help. You know, they were always arguing amongst them, themselves. You know, they needed help. They couldn't. <laughs> you know, those guys by themselves would have self-destructed, you know. So I was, I was just there, you know, to hang out with them, you know, and, and help them make a record. And just one thing led to another. You know, I hardly got paid at all, but um, eventually I started getting paid. And, you know, and then when I came out to Nashville, I just had to find bands to produce or I couldn't survive. I didn't, I couldn't find any work, you know, in California, I could find work in construction and all kinds of things. But in Tennessee, I just couldn't find any work. To, and I had two little girls, wife and little girls. And I like, I had to go, go to clubs. I had to find a band. And get them in the studio to make a thousand dollars, you know, <laughs> and it's just one thing led to another. I just kept on doing that. And I, uh, you know, most of the time it was all low budget. Still, that's a, that's a really cool story. And, um, I'm curious, this is a side question that we didn't originally put on there. Um, outside of the city on the hill project, what's probably the biggest band you produced like most popular. Well, I produced Sixpence None the Richer. They were, you know, that song Kiss Me, you know, they were a pretty big band. Yeah. You, you yeah. produced that? I thought, I, no, I thought no, I Steve Taylor that. did that. Yeah, I didn't produce okay. that. <laughs> okay, okay. I produced a Christmas record that wasn't as successful. And I. Oh, I have I that did, one. Oh, I didn't know you produced that. I'm a little good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I have yeah. that. It's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that wasn't, the, I mean, I did, that record wasn't successful, but anyway, you said the most successful band, so I just, and also, I'm, I just produced four new songs for them recently. They're my Why? friends, you know, so the, the, the guy, Matt Slocum, is one of my best friends that wrote that song, and, and so yeah, we I had, just produced oh, four, yeah, we, go ahead. Are they doing a new album? We hope so. We've done four songs, and now, now they're negotiating, trying to get a deal, and all that stuff. Oh, business. oh yeah, more oh, six yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we interviewed so. we interviewed Lee Nash in an episode, and that was like last year, though. So cool. Oh yeah, Lee, yeah. one of my good 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 friends. I played with her. I've been out playing percussion for her uh, last year. We did several gigs, just three piece, me, Matt, and her. So they're very good friends. Um, awesome. So let's do like that. Choir sixpence tour, that'd be amazing. Well, that would I be saw, cool. I just that saw, cool. I just saw Lean there. You weren't, you weren't in the band then this year. That's messed up, Steve. I know, I know it. I don't know what's going on. She had some other, good, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe she can't afford that, you know, the third person. Maybe. She's just going two piece. I don't, I don't know what the deal is. It turned out great though. It was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, speaking but of which, so, go ahead, go ahead. No, I don't know. I, I, I just can't think of anything else. It's, that's been well, you know, but I've been that's a lot of pretty things. cool. That's really cool. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, very cool. But most most of the things I've done, I'm happy. With, all I want is for them to still like the record. After you know, like a band like the Prayer Chain or Violet Burning or whatever, I just want to know they still like the record we made back in '95 or whatever. And if they still like the record, then I, that's success to me, man. That is success. Cool. And if I'm still friends with them, like I'm still friends with all those guys, and I think we love each other, you know. I should yeah. love them, and they, they tell me they love me, so I believe them, you know. That's like success to me, because almost nothing is commercially successful. It's so rare. Yeah. But well, what, I can like, say- what, what drives a guy like Jason Martin to keep on doing it, keep on doing it, keep on? He's not making a bunch. He's not making any money. So why well, does he, he's made 20-some albums, right? 
We would love Thank to ask him that question. If you could get him to come on the show, we would love to ask him that question. He's not. He's just not online. He just does. If you're not in his circle, if you're not in his inner circle, I guess he just doesn't talk to his what we're yeah. getting. He's just a really Which is fine. Keeps to himself. Yeah. He's a very private guy. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I just played out in L.A. at the, the Undercover at a reunion show. Mm-hmm. You know, and I played with Cush uh, played. And um, and I played with Mike Rowe there. And uh, Jason Martin was there in the hallway and I was st- I stood out there. I was going to talk to him, but he never made eye contact. I'm like, All right. Well, the heck, you know. <laughs> well, we'll we'll join the club. <laughs> so yeah. who are some so who are some of your musical influences um, on Steve? Well, let's see. Man, I grew up in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So I, I liked the songwriters, you know, I liked the James Taylor and the Joni Mitchell and the Neil Young and all that at first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the police happened and you <clears throat> two happened, you know, I'm the same age as you two, those guys. So that was like, nobody ever heard anything like that. So in the eighties, everything shifted and, um, man, it was all those Brit bands and all the, um, the cure and all that, you know, but now, I mean, I just keep listening to current music. Like right now, I, well, I love the war on drugs. I don't know if you do. Um, Kurt Vile, I like Courtney Barnett. The Killers got a new record that's great. You know, I like the National. Nick Cave just did a great record called Ghostine. I mean, I just love keep Nick listening. Cave. God, this Ghostine from, I think I said it's a couple years old, but um, 2019, I think. But I don't know. I just keep listening to new new music or else soulful music like i love shade and marvin gay and al green too you know but um i don't know uh influences I well I, I just keep listening you know to new music well i but many years ago i i don't even know 2003 four ish i don't know um i met you at a lost dog show in some middle nowhere maryland show and um, we had a discussion, and you mentioned that you're a huge Prince fan. And I was like, oh. And everyone who listens to the show knows that I'm a huge Prince fan. He's my religion. And I remember uh, we had a conversation about how Love Sexy influenced some of the lyrical content on the Prayer Chains Mer- uh, Mercury album. Do you remember that? Yes, yes. Um, it was big you mind sharing that story? Yeah, you remember my sharing that? No, I do, I'll share it. I, 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 I don't remember talking to you about it, but... Um... When I had done pre-production with the prayer chain on Mercury in L.A., and I lived in Nashville at the time, I just because I did Shaw with them, I lived in L.A. because I was in '93, I think. And then I'm in '95. I was in Nashville, and I flew out there. And then I, or I can't remember, but I had a lo- I had a long drive home. I, I got, I yeah, I flew to. It's a weird story, but. I flew there, then I flew to Boise, Idaho, where my wife's family was. Her dad got us a car, so I drove the car from Boise to Nashville, and all I listened to was Love Sexy, that record by Prince. I, could, I just couldn't stop listening to the cassette. It was a cassette. Love Sexy. It's his best album. How could you stop listening to it? That's <laughs> all I listened to. Plus, I have a work tape from the prayer chain. It had this one song that we called Bendy Line. And the reason we called it that is because the guitar line, you know, we just named most of the songs had names before the lyrics were written, like 58. Why? Because it's in five, eight time or whatever. You know, you all the names are just made up. Um, but Bendy Line 
Well, immediately I thought of, you know, the shape of a woman's anatomy, you know, baby line, you know, and listening to the, the Prince Love Sexy and think, and, and then I'd alternate between that and the work tapes, the prayer chain, you know, pre-production work tapes, and I'm trying to write the lyric for Bendy Line as I drive, and then, I, of course, I went in that direction, listen to Love Sexy, and then I wrote probably the sexiest lyric I've ever written, you know, on Bendy Line. And, it's uh, spicy. <laughs> yeah, it is. And Tim was like, I don't know if I I mean, Tim Tater was like, I don't know if I could sing this because he was he, he was just getting married and he was a good Christian kid, you know, and he's like, I don't know if I could sing this. And I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> so that was, I think. That's why you're a producer. That's why you're the producer. <laughs> but, well, I think that's probably the only lyric that somebody outside of the prayer chain wrote. I'm sure of it. But I did write that lyric for that song. And, and yeah, that's the story. So, wow, you I did. Wow. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, yeah. yeah. Prince, the prayer chain, Starfly for tonight. It's all connected. <laughs> I know, <laughs> it's, it I is. That's crazy. Yeah. Aaron, what year was that? When did, when did I talk to you? It was like 2000. I was like, uh, when did Mutt come out? It was like the Mutt tour, I think, for oh, Lost what? Thoughts. Yeah. I don't know. I think it was the first time you joined. It was like the first album. Was that the first album you joined? Yeah. I think that was it. Yeah, it was that tour. Whatever that yeah, was, that was 2003, a, that was 4, a, something like that. Yeah, that was the first time I, I just started being, because Gene had passed away. And, yeah. Well, Gene passed away in around 2000, 2001. So it took a few years, and then I ended up kind of being in there. And Yeah. I didn't know I was in the band. I thought I was producing the album <laughs> and playing percussion, which I did. And then I saw the album credits came out. I seriously, I saw the album and they, they had me listed in the band. I'm like, I almost cried. I was like, Aww. I called Darren. I go, am I in the, am I in the band? <laughs> I go, no one told me. I thought I just produced it, you know? Wow. But anyway, that, that was a while ago. Yeah. Well, um, while we're going down memory lane, is it okay if I ask another left field question? Uh oh, it's not. It's nothing too bad. So, when Aaron told me about our interview with you, I I have Apple Music, so I immediately looked you up on Apple Music. The mm -hmm. only album that your record label or whatever has on there is the Warbler. Listen to uh -huh. it, really great album. I loved it. Oh, you so, listened to it? Oh, I man. did. It's, it's a great album. I really love it. You. So I bought the Kickstarter. You, I got it to see it off the Kickstarter. I like it too. You did? You supported <laughs> yeah. it? Oh, yeah, why wouldn't I? Know. I've been listening well, to you since Let It Fly, um, Free Flying Soul. That's when I discovered you in 96 or whatever, the choir. Yeah. And then that's that's when I started rocking with you guys from well, Free thanks, Flying Soul. <laughs> I mean, you know, what? some people are like, what? what's the drummer doing singing? You know, get back behind the drums, you, you know, but whatever. No. I, I did, yeah. But, and that's uh, so, a quintessential I, album. It's the Light It Fly. But anyway, go ahead, Sam. <laughs> oh, um, you like the live album. All right. Well, Wayne's on you? that, isn't he? Oh, I'm at Free Flying Soul. I'm sorry. Free Flying Soul. Sorry. Free Flying Soul. Oh, oh <laughs> Free Flying Soul. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Sorry, Sam. Go ahead. Go ahead, Sam. Sorry. You're fine. <laughs> um, could you illuminate on the the thematic element you were going for there with the warbler? I'm just kind of curious to hear your take on what you meant with that title, that lyric, the, the cover art. It just... Uh, there's some sort of thematic element that I haven't dug in enough to get it yet, so I figured I might as well ask you. Okay, well, let's see. The Warbler, like, originally where I got the idea was, like, we did 
years ago, I don't know, way back when we started out, once in a while I would get up and play a song on acoustic guitar. I, would, I think it was Let the Sky Fall or something. I would, I would get up from behind the drums, play a song. And one reviewer said, the drummer got up and warbled out a song. <laughs> Meaning it was, it was sort of like a little bit of an insult. <laughs> yeah. And I loved it. I thought it was so funny. I just thought, that's awesome, the warbler, you know. I warbled, yeah. So that stuck in my head. And then on our album that you just mentioned, Free Flying Soul, we have a, I wrote the song for that album called The Warbler. And that was about just a different meaning. It was just about um, having hope, trying to stay hope, you know. And, and at the time, I thought, we're all getting so old, you know, youth is gone. And this is 97. I'm 37 years old, right? Now I'm 62. And I feel like I feel young and like I'm going strong. But at 37, we were all, oh, man, we're. And that whole song was about trying to keep hope, trying to. Um, it's only 11 o'clock. It's only 11 o'clock that, that was the line, you know, in, this, in that song. It's only 11 o'clock. It's not even midnight yet, you know, and the best things happen after midnight. You know, come on, this is great. This is great. We've got so much time left. Um, and I was trying to encourage people and like birds, you know, seem so, I don't know if they are hopeful or what, but they, 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 they sing, you know, Warbler never sings any funereal song. You know, he's never, he, it's just, I, it's come on, there's joy. So that I love that song. It was one of my favorite songs I'd ever written. And so when we did, when I did my solo record in, I think, 2017, I wanted to cover that song, my own version of it. Um, and so, and then just the idea, I don't know who thought of, like, that should be the title, just title it that, you know. So that's all, you know. But, it, yeah, I wrote it in 97, re-recorded it. 30 years later? Yeah. 20 years later? No, 20 years later. Yeah, that anyway. is so cool. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, that, and that, is, that is an amazing song. That is an amazing song. But then everything on that album is amazing. <laughs> yeah, Free Flying Soul is a lot of a lot of people's favorite. It had a different thing to it. I was all into yeah. the creatures. I, every song was about some creature, you know, salamander or butterfly or... For me, you know... Monkeys. I don't know if you're an REM fan, but to me, it's like, that's like, I like REM when they get noisy and like, that's like when you like monster that album and like free fine yeah. souls, like your monster, like sled dog, all that fuzzy feet, all yeah. that stuff. Like, yeah. I love sled dog. It's one of my favorites still. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great. Still, I just think the it's chicken. Anyway, we, anyway, we, yeah, I love that one. Anyway. Okay. Out of all the people you've collaborated with outside of the choir and lost dogs, Musically, whom was your favorite? Wow. Oh. Uh, gosh, okay, well. Um, well, at Common Children, I produced a band called Common Children. And big Mark fan, Bird, big fan. Yeah. Mark Bird was probably the favorite guy that I worked with, um, just as an artist, as a writer, just as a, as a person. I loved, um, we, Mark and I made a lot of music together. God of Wonders, y'all co-wrote that together. Correct, correct, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that just brought us, got us both out of the ditch, you know, out of the commercial ditch. We're both kind of trailer court poor guys, and that song did, you know, really <laughs> help us out of the ditch, you know. No offense to trailer court, because that's, we, seriously, we, we lived in, you know, we were that, that both that kind of uh, thing, you know. 
but uh, that song really helped us out a lot. I put my my girls through college for heaven's sake, you know. So very thankful. Awesome, great, right? So, but Mark was a was a blessing, uh, and now he's gone on with that thing hammock that he does at ambient. They're great. They're great. <laughs> it's, just, it's huge. It's hugely successful, and uh, he deserves that, you know. So I don't know off the top of my head. That's what came to my mind. Um, that's so wild though, because I remember he opened for Sagaros once. The well, the band Hammock. That's wild. <laughs> right. Well, he knows those guys. He he knows those guys. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they're in that same world, you know. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Of ambient music, and so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's its own genre. But yeah, I don't know. That's what came to my mind. But there's, I've got to work with so many people. I mean, I mean Not- working with Sixpence has been just great. You know, having the, a Lee Nash to come in and sing on stuff is like, wow, are you kidding me? What a voice. Amen. You know. Sure. All right. Well, um, I think this, this interview has been amazing. I've really enjoyed it. So one question we always like to end off on. Um, any current projects you feel like plugging? Anything that you just want the all hundred and some of our listeners to listen to? Well, I think uh, we have a Patreon page. Uh, the choir do a Patreon, and so we're doing new songs every month and all kinds of material. It's uh, www.patreon.com slash the choir. Patreon.com slash the choir. Love it, you know, because that's what keeps us going, you know, 10 bucks a month or something like that. And we, we're doing all, like today I did some lyric recitation and sometimes I'm in, I'm in my kitchen, here's how to cook a perfect boiled egg or, or, you know, <laughs> or how, to re-screen, how to re-screen a door or whatever. We, we come up with all kinds of funny, stupid stuff. But there's that. And also, I'm really proud of our latest album, which is called Deep Cuts. And I think it's probably on iTunes, but if not, you can get it at thechoir.net, thechoir.net. So our latest album, Deep Cuts, really proud of it. And, and one more, on. Steve. And you got another one, another album that just came out. Oh, the reissue about the foot of the cross? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah. That was uh, from 1991. We just, once in a while, we remaster something to put it, it wasn't on vinyl, so we put it on vinyl. And it sounds amazing, looks amazing. You should get it. I got my copy, was I guess, last week. Last week. It does yeah, sound sounds good. good. I mean, <laughs> remastering, sometimes a new mastering, you know, a lot of people don't know what a mastering is, but it's just the overall EQ of the whole record. And they've gotten a lot better at it over the years, so... Uh, wow, it sounds good. Yeah, it's the worship music that should be played in churches. If they did that, I may not be agnostic right now, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, listening to it, I, I almost came back to the Lord just listening to it. You know, you know I know, me too. I was like, okay, I'm like, I was like, oh, no, I was like that. I was like, don't no, Aaron, calm down, calm down. <laughs> yeah, if you listen to the commentary, listen to our commentary. Um, we do a commentary out, you know, sometimes we we listen to a whole album and Darian and I talk about it. We just did yeah. it like two days ago. And I'm reciting John and I'm like saying, wait a minute, what's going on? And Darian's looking at me like, what? I go, I don't know, man. You know, it's, yeah. So I, it, I think it's a power. It's worship music done right. It's worship music done right. Oh, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. That even an agnostic heart as mine can still appreciate it. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I don't know. Nobody knows for sure what's true. 
Nobody knows for sure what's true. That's true. That's true. So I'm right with you. I'm, 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 uh, I'm you know, sometimes I, I don't say I believe. I say I hope. You know, mm. I don't. I don't know what I believe in, in. I mean, believe is too strong of a word sometimes for me. But I, I hope in things. I hope in God. I, I, I actually hope in Jesus. You know. Yeah. But, but some. But uh. Anyway, we don't have to get it. You don't also want to get yeah. into that. Oh, well, I do, but I'm sure our listeners don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you so much for your time, Steve. We really appreciate it, and we look forward to talking to you again in the next episode. All right, Sam, Aaron, good talking to you guys. Thank you, and thank you for uh, listening closely. All right, th- yeah, thank, thank you, you for guys. reminding me to and getting me back into Starflyer '59. Now, now I'm a big, big fan of the new music, and I feel enlightened. So I appreciate that. Great. All right, all right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Bye. All right. See you guys yeah. later. As always, this has been a Brothers King Media production.